This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy here with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. And we're going to talk today to our male listeners and Mm. girlfriend, we don't want to leave you out, but we're just really focusing right now on men. And we're going to talk today about, you know, what is vulnerability? Oh, yes. That fun word that everybody loves, right? Yeah. Vulnerability. So what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> let's, uh, let's have you be vulnerable. See, Lori, I don't think that's <laughs> that's what people think it is. Okay, that, okay. I don't think that's what vulnerability is. Just Sarah, all your most embarrassing moments, <laughs> the Reed trudging up old high school wounds of... Uh, things yeah. where you get mocked for something like that. Yeah, I don't know that that's. I think that's what people think about when they think about vulnerability, right? But I, I tend to think it's more about authenticity, about letting our true selves be seen. This idea that we are able to share that with our partner, that we're able to show them who we really are, because mm-hmm. um, most of us hide, right? Um, mm-hmm. And men especially, I think tend to see vulnerability as weakness. Um, and Absolutely. so they don't want to I hear show that, that all the right? time. I hear that every day in session, you know, right. men saying, well, I don't want to say those things. It just, it'll be weak. Right. All right. It, and so they don't show that, which, but vulnerability really builds connection, right? It really um, gives us more of a sense of belonging to each other. And it increases that emotional intimacy, which in turn we know is going to increase sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. right? They feed off of each other, those two those two things. And so to be able to be emotionally intimate with another person, we have to be vulnerable. Right. Right. Would you say that's an imperative? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's an imperative. I, I read this little quote somewhere that said, so it, was a, it was a quote about friendship, but the, the point of it was that friends share secrets. Hmm. 
that that by definition is what creates a true friendship. And I think that that's essentially what we're saying is we open up mm. like the inner world to somebody and that's yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I, I heard the analogy and I use this a lot is the idea that as we go through life and things hurt us, we experience events that are hurtful is that we start to build up walls, mm-hmm. right? Walls mm-hmm. that are protective and walls that are defensive that keep hurt out, mm-hmm. right? And that in relationship, when we are vulnerable, is that we are offering up, we begin to offer up bricks, uh, pieces of that wall to the other person. We start to take it down brick by brick mm-hmm. and hand them that. You're talking about it in terms of secrets. I'm talking talk about it in terms of just revealing something about ourselves, Yeah. right? And yeah. depending on how that person handles it, if they handle it well, then we offer up another brick, right? Mm-hmm. And we slowly, so in our committed relationships, we are slowly wanting to bring down that wall, right, as much as possible and offering that up to the other person. And that's what begins to allow that connection. But yeah, I had a therapist once who I would say I would come in and say, you know, I got something to tell you today. It's really shitty. And then she'd say, well, you know, I love your shitty parts. And it was like, oh, man, that's so good. It was so freeing to me that I could be loved. And I had a friend once who told me, okay, I'm swearing guys. And you probably suspect that I do outside of this podcast a little bit. But um, he said something like, you know, I love the bitch in you. And, and it was like this, you know, real acceptance to me that, you know, I could, I could be that part. I could Mm -hmm. show that part and still have acceptance um, to both of those people, you know, just in terms of, you know, we all have stuff we're not so proud of. And I I mean, I would say to me, one of the blessings in my marriage is to be able to say, you know, this is the, um, the part I'm not so proud of, you know, and to talk about that and to, you know, to say that and not have somebody judge me for it, but just be in sympathy. Yeah. Cause that question, when we don't do that, like that's where shame keeps us from feeling vulnerable. Right. And so the question that's in our mind is, would you love me if you knew this about me? Exactly. Right? Like that's exactly. the question that's, I all, would. that's always I would, out there. Adam. Right. Well, so when somebody <laughs> says that, like, uh, you know, I love the shitty parts too. Yeah. Or when they say like, uh, you know, like that, when they respond well, when we share that, mm-hmm. right, then I think that it is, it's something that builds that relationship and that question starts to go away a little bit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the worst stuff about me and you love me anyway, you're yeah. still here, Right. But for men, I think like that becomes something that that question is that they are not supposed to be like that, that you would right. not that they would not be loved if you knew that there was weakness here because men are taught you have to be strong. Like that's the word. You have to be strong. You have to be a man. You have to man up. You have to be the one that's strong for other people. You have to be protective. Right. All of that is is saying that you have that the strength lies in being able to not be broken, like not be weak. I think I would even go further that it's, I would not be male Mm. if I had these parts and showed you these parts. That's right. I mean, it's such an identification of needing to be the strong, silent burden holder, Mm. you know, and, and not sharing this. And I think that there is, you know, with some good reason, Right. Mm-hmm. Because men tell me, well, I did tell her that my job is on the line and suddenly she's nagging me to be looking at the ads yeah. and every day she comes home and is frantic. Like, how did it go with your boss today? And, you know, he doesn't know how to share these things and have her be a support or help her, you know, 
define for her what would be supportive. Yeah, I, um, I hear that from men a lot. And I think that's that's something that happens quite frequently is when they are vulnerable in their relationships, like there is some anxiety that's produced in their partner exactly. right, about something. Exactly. I think it's a system. Yeah, it's in it. Yeah. And, and, and being able to, uh, when men see that, they go, oh, I'm if I'm honest, if I'm vulnerable, I'm just going to hurt her, mm-hmm. right? She's just going to be more worried, more anxious, mm-hmm. more fearful. It's it's going to come back on me in some way, and sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it does, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a mix. Sometimes it does. There's a. I had a, a couple once who this was a, she wanted him to talk more, right? She mm-hmm. wanted him to be. She wanted to know. She one of her bit, chief things was I want to know what's going on inside his head. I want to go inside his head. So we did a lot of work on him being able to do that. And one of his chief things was you put too much pressure on me. Mm-hmm. I feel too much pressure, mm. right? I feel too much pressure in the relationship. I feel like if I if I don't like let you do what you want, she was also doing some things that was really threatening to him, mm-hmm. right, to that relationship. And so he was honest about those things, and she just shut down, mm-hmm. right? In the session, she shut down and really sent him a lot of messages that that was not okay that he felt that way. Mm-hmm. So that like, and I don't think she was doing it maliciously or she, but it just invoked a lot of anxiety in her. And then he 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 was like, well, I'm never sharing again. I'm never going to share. I'm never going to share what's really going on. And I think that happens. That happens a lot of times. Yeah, I think you're talking about the dynamic of that. It's not simply that men don't want to be vulnerable or but that there is frequently trials and errors about that in their relationship where they've learned something that says vulnerability Mm -hmm. is too risky. It burdens my female partner too much. Mm -hmm. uh, And so they don't try it again. I mean, and absolutely, and probably we need to talk to women about how to receive that vulnerability. And really, the issue is containing their own anxiety. Okay, when your partner shares something that's anxious, uh, you know, inside or that is a problem, you don't need to fix it. Just like we say to men all the time, Mm -hmm. don't fix it. Okay, girlfriend, don't fix it. You know, let him suffer. Let him be in it and be with him in it instead of trying to manage it for him or make it better or just... You know, it's tea and sympathy, really, right? When somebody's vulnerable, we want to say, "Wow, that that's tough." Yeah, and I think for I think for a lot of men, it's getting past that fear because that's the fear, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's real or not, the fear is that that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're going to be judged for having that emotion, and that they're going to be judged less than less than a man. That they're going to be rejected. But and I think for some men too, like I don't. It, there is oftentimes this well of hurt and abandonment that's occurred possibly in life, mm-hmm. right? That, that that they're covering up in that. And they're afraid that if they touch that, that they're going to lose control of that, right? Sure. And that it's going to come out in a way that is harmful or hurtful, or it's just going to be, it's just going to be too much and it's going to be overwhelming. Right. right? We still raise boys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, big boys don't cry. You know, fathers sometimes act disgusted with the son who is you know, turning to mommy, Mm. you know, needing comfort. I mean, all of those things are still very powerful messages that we're sending, you know, male children. And I know it's a modern world, but oh my gosh, that is still happening every day. You know, we, we want men to sort of grow up when they're about 13, right? Not need their mothers, cut the apron strings. And, yeah, mama's, and just, boy, mama's boy is derogatory. Yeah, right? and just when the the son needs his mother to help him navigate relationships, you know, we tell him somehow or another it's toxic to be connected to your mother. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, she's often the more relational partner and might be helpful in terms of dating and, you know, his world. But we shame him for needing her. And we shame mothers for being connected to their sons. I mean, it's it's really, we do a lot of damage uh, in terms of bringing up males that don't add to his ability to be vulnerable because then we want our husbands to open up. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. wait a second. What are we doing with our sons? And what yeah. did we do to our sons? Yeah, and I, and I think there's oftentimes, too, the the way that we're taught that we can be vulnerable is to mm-hmm. be angry. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like that's the appropriate Acceptable emo- emotion. That's the acceptable emotion that we're and able sexual. to. Yes, uh, anger and sexual. Yeah. Right. That's the way that – but even – sexual, like there's a place for anger in relationship, but mm-hmm. it's not all the time. Oftentimes that anger is covering up hurt. And the sexual one to me is that it's it's not even we're not even taught to be vulnerable sexually. Mm-hmm. We're taught to express that sexuality as as some kind of macho conquering mm-hmm. um, type of horniness that we mm-hmm. like it, as opposed to the vulnerability of expressing hurt, of expressing need, mm-hmm. right? This the is need the, for touch and caress yes. and closeness and tenderness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't allow men much of that in the sexual relationship. Yeah, but that's we're establishing the need for that, right? The need for that in relationship. But maybe we come back after the break and we talk about some ways that this can be accomplished for men in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're becoming something that they're not. Okay. Because I think that's that's the fear, and I think there's some ways that, that that can be addressed. Great. We'll be right back. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. Right? Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. So, Adam, how can we help men to be vulnerable, to show vulnerability? That is an interesting question. And I think that the first thing that we have to talk about is that we are not, I don't want this to sound derogatory, but we're not asking men to be women Uh um, in this area, right? Um, We're not saying that they're going to have to do a whole 180 on their personality, right? I think there are some men that are more emotional than other men, and I think that is that's great. Mm-hmm. So, but vulnerability is not, I'm going to all of a sudden cry more if I'm not a crier. Right. right. 
And so I think there is a idea that you can appro- that you approach vulnerability from something that requires a lot of courage and bravery mm-hmm. on your part. This right? is the scariest act in terms of interpersonal relationship, right? To mm-hmm. be vulnerable. Yes. And it and we need the most courage and the to be the most brave to do this. Yeah. And I, I read an article and I, I forget who who wrote it this weekend that talked about it as the warrior perspective. Mm. Right? That you Explain are Explain that. I love that. Well, she was talking about it in terms of you're being a warrior for your relationship, mm-hmm. right? That because it requires so much courage and so much vulnerability that you have to adopt that stance that I'm going to go and fight back against the shame that cripples a relationship or the the way that intention gets taken out of relationship when, we, when we're not vulnerable. I think mm-hmm. when we're not vulnerable, we stop being intentional about our relationship, sure. right? And so we stop doing those things that kind of naturally grow and build the relationship. So being fierce about that, kind of setting your feet and saying, I'm going to fight back against that. Mm-hmm. We're kind of redefining of masculinity. Absolutely. The, the, vo- the warrior emotional yeah. uh, act. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's what it sometimes seems like vulnerability goes against that type mm-hmm. of that type of mindset and that type of identity. But it can be it can be paired. You can be a warrior for authenticity. And another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And vulnerability. That's great. I love yeah. that. What else? I think the other thing is that there is a, a bit of... Um, self-denial that we all do. And we have to kind of resist that. I mean, that's part of the fighting back as well, because we we tend to pretend that we're something that we're not, that the parts where that we don't have figured out, we, we don't, I don't know that all men just outright lie about these things. I don't think it's dishonesty necessarily. I think it's self-dishonesty that we say that we can handle this, right? We've got this. This is okay. I'm not really scared here. I'm not really worried here. Um, I'm not really fearful about what's about the outcome of this. And so we there's a bit of self-denial that then leads us to some kind of bravado or some kind of we're pretending to be something that we're not, mm-hmm. which communicates dishonesty. Right. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not true. And it keeps us from being vulnerable. So being able to be honest with ourselves, which requires a lot of work. Right. It requires some awareness, some really sitting with ourselves and figuring out how we can do that, what our true self is and what we're really feeling about something. But we have to kind of start with not living in that denial. I I think that the denial is part of the culture, the cultural competition for men. Hmm. You know what do you that, mean? What do you mean by that? Well, I think you know I beg men in my practice to please tell a buddy about what's going on. You know, hmm. let's let, let's just start there. And many of them just can't do it because most of the men that they are friends with are somehow or another in competition with them. You know, their business partners, Mm -hmm. their associates, maybe they're their old college buddies, but even them, it's like they're comparing, hey, how did you do in your career? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's this competitive element that somehow or another disallows them from sharing about their fears and their concerns and their anxieties. And then with their partner, it's even doubling down. Yeah. You know, I, I I can't share out here in the world and I can't share in my inner world because I'm supposed to be the, 
you know, whatever they crack themselves up to be, the protector, yeah. or the provider, or the, the strong one, yeah. which is a self-definition that I think is is not so good in partnership, right? We want to be able to lean on each other, yeah. turning toward each other when we need comfort. I, I would encourage men that that's one or two people. It's mm-hmm. like it's one or two buddies that they trust. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody. I think that that would, for a lot of men, not again, not all men, but for a lot of men, that would just, I think that would just wear out their resources. Sure. Especially if they've never sure. done it before. Um, and it could be threatening in some situations. Yes. Too threatening in some situations Carefully. as well. Yeah. Uh, for, for all of us, right? Yeah. We want to be careful who we put out there, our pearls, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the inner part of us, we want to make sure that it's handled well and with confidentiality and tenderness and empathy. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I think that a lot of men don't think about is being able to kind of describe your ambivalent feeling sometimes, right? I think a lot of men kind of pull back when they don't know the answer to a question or they don't know the answer to something. And so being able to start to describe that and speak into that without saying, I know the answer. This is kind of the saying, I don't know right now. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Um, I need to think about that answer begins to start to get under that self-denial. It starts to be able to kind of, it's truer a lot of times. I, um, I really need this in mm. my partnership. I, it's funny because when my husband does that and he starts to talk about his ambivalence about a plan that we have or, mm. or, or anything, you know, it's like, oh, good. You're thinking too about all the things I'm thinking about. It mm. actually relieves anxiety for me instead of creating more anxiety. Yeah. So as if I know that he's anxious about a situation, maybe one of our children or, you know, what we're going to do here or there or our retirement or, you know, whatever the issue is, mm. if I sense that he has conflicting feelings, then I don't need to carry all the negative feelings. Yeah, I don't right. need to carry the worries alone because he's carrying them too. And actually, it, this, my husband says it's backwards. Like for him, he's doing the thing that he thinks is not the right thing to do, which is sharing with me those ambivalent feelings. But it always relieves me. Yeah. Well, it always I, works. I think that's, I think a lot of men feel like it's backwards, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times I hear the female partner expressing the idea that he is not concerned about the same things that I'm concerned about. He is most of the time. But it's all occurring in his mind, mm-hmm. right? It's all being worked out in his mind, and he does not going to share that until he's absolutely certain um, about what, what he thinks they should do. Right, right. right. But that's the vulnerability yeah, is absolutely. the sharing what's in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is going to feel – that's that courage coming in again, that courage to kind of do something that doesn't feel exactly right coming into play there. I think this plays into another one too that is helpful, that is a vulnerable act, and that's admitting when you've made a mistake. I think that there is uh, too often like the I'm sorry doesn't come or the this was something I should not have done. I made a mistake like that part doesn't come. But that's a real vulnerable place for most men to be at is to admitting that there was a mistake that was Mm -hmm. made. And if they make a mistake and they don't admit it, then they feel shame. They cover it. And often that leads to more mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because they're they're covering their tracks and. They're more prone to do the same thing or to make it worse. Well, and I think this is, and you tell me about this because I think this is something that maybe is a, is a 
as a difference is that I hear a lot of women say, well, he said he's sorry, but I, he doesn't mean it. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I hear that, too. And I don't know in some cases, in some cases, he doesn't mean it. Like, let's just I mean, some cases he doesn't. But in a lot of cases, I think the difficulty of saying I'm sorry or saying that I made a mistake for men, that's what communicates the, the inauthenticity of it. And it's not that he's being he doesn't mean it. It's that this is something that is hard, that is difficult, that he may not have ever had a model for mm-hmm. on how to do. Like he mm-hmm. may have never seen his father admit to a mistake. Right. And so being able to say that is so difficult that I don't think I don't know if credit's the right word, but I don't think men get credit for the fact that about how difficult that may be for them to say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? I, I it does make sense. I would say that if there's something that happens, let's say a guy loses his temper and he's like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't mean to do that. But if it's a pattern of a man losing his temper, it's different. Saying, I'm sorry, I did it again. I mean, she's like, okay, I, I need to see change before I can forgive this. And I would say that one of the ways you process that is really by putting yourself in her boots. Mm-hmm. You know, so what did she feel when you? chewed her out for that or you criticized her for this or, or whatever and really beginning to see what is it like remembering right remembering what is it like when my dad criticized me what is it like when you know I felt this as a child that's a vulnerable place to go to inside mm-hmm. and sharing that even when you're the person who caused the hurt like yeah. you know what you're right I Absolutely. I remember when my dad chewed me out and did that same sort of thing to me the way I'm doing it to you. It feels crappy, and I am so sorry. So it's like finding the vulnerable, empathic place inside and sharing that is the way to admit your mistake and to get repair. Yes. I absolutely agree with you that I think if it's if you're saying – if you're apologizing and admitting mistakes without behavior change – Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna that's gonna lead to a lot of that. So I like I like the way that you said that, and I like mm-hmm. that distinction as well. One more that I want to make sure we hit that I think is super important is developing an emotional language, mm-hmm. right? I think because men are not taught to be vulnerable, oftentimes they don't have the words to say, or it's just it, it it's very shallow emotion. It's just the sad, mad, frustrated, anger emotions that get talked about. When what's more beneficial and more vulnerable in relationships is to really start to identify those emotions and put specific names to them that really describe it, right? I feel really lonely. I got, I felt really betrayed. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel really underappreciated. Those words get way more specific to what is actually happening and I think helps facilitate understanding in the relationship as well. But most men, I think, don't have that language, and so they need to be able to identify that. Emotion wheels are great for this, I think. Yes, I was um, just thinking that. Let's link to that in our show notes. Yes. Because I, I just looked this up for a patient, and it's basically the, the top circle are the top emotions, anger, mm. happy. But then it kind of dials into a more targeted way of thinking about it with better descriptors, which are more subtle. And I think give the man the language that is more specific. Yeah, I give almost every, all of my men an emotion wheel. Oh, great. Like I think okay. It, because it's so it's so beneficial. Love um, that. And and it, but again, it's a vulnerable place to say that I don't have the words for something that I don't know how to talk uh-huh. about this. But I think it's it's something that's learned. It's not something that's innate. And so we have to be able to start to get that language so that we can communicate and be vulnerable in a way that really clearly says this is how I feel and this is what that what is invoking. Right. Um, okay. 
this experience is calling out in me. I love this topic. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy for how to develop vulnerability and show that and share that. And we encourage all of you out there to test it out with your partners. Have them listen. Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.